Support for MPB comes from the University of Mississippi School of Education, working to prepare the next generation of teachers, counselors, and educational leaders through online graduate degrees and hybrid doctoral programs. Details at education.olemiss.edu. Good morning. It's 8.30 on Tuesday, June 19th. I'm Karen Brown, and this is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On today's show, find out why summertime brings a critical need for blood donations and what conditions keep the demand going year-round. What if it was a situation that was critical and he needed blood? The doctor told me we would give him what's available and hope for the best, and that's not an answer a parent wants to hear. And after a conversation in StoryCorps, we'll hear about a new pilot project aiming to increase homeownership in the state's rural areas. Many people just don't think that homeownership is an attainable goal because they don't see the numbers. So that's why housing counseling, the work that we do, is so important and so critical in this process. That's all coming up. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Mississippians living with sickle cell disease are encouraging the public to save lives by donating blood. While the condition disproportionately affects African Americans, it is not limited to one group. Many sickle cell patients require regular blood transfusions to live. Advocates say a consistent shortage of donations in the state is becoming a major concern. Emily Austin is Marketing and Communications Manager with Mississippi Blood Services. She tells MPB's Ashley Norwood one donation can save multiple lives, but they're running low right now. We are approaching what happens this time of year is we have um, a summer blood shortage. And we haven't hit that level yet, but we know it's coming because the majority of our blood donations come from high school students. And so from about the middle of May to the middle of August, we're obviously not in the high schools. And so we're having to reach out to other um, areas to pull donors from. And everybody knows summertime's a busy time of year for travel. Blood donation's not at top of mind. But we still need to draw those 250 to 300 units a day to meet basic hospital needs. So even though we're not in the schools, we still need to find those donors. Okay, so if it's not available here, what happens? If there's a specific type and we don't have it, we can reach out to our partners through Blood Centers of America and tell them what specific product we're looking for, and they will help us to find it. So a patient's never going to go without Uh, If we don't have it here, we're going to do everything we can to find it. The donation process, is it like do you come in and give specifically to a sickle cell patient or do you take from just a regular blood donation? How does the process work? If the patient has a code, a lot of our sickle cell patients do have a code, and so you can come in and say, I'm donating for DJ James or I'm donating for Rashad Ellerson. You can mention the name of the sickle cell patient that you want to donate for, and they will get credit for that unit. Um, The hospital is actually the ones that will tell us specifically what that patient needs. Is there anything that you want people to know just about um, whether it's the process or the importance of donating blood? It is so incredibly important. And again, I know people don't think about it. It's not top of mind until you need it. But what needs to be understood is that that product needs to be on the shelf before you need it. It takes 24 to 48 hours to process the units that's donated. So For example, all blood that's donated today, two days from now it will go to the hospital. So if you need blood today and it's not on the shelf, um, that could could cause problems. That's why we say, you know, the time to have the blood on the shelves is before the need. Um, You can donate every eight weeks, 
And if everybody would donate just one extra time a year, we wouldn't have blood shortages. Just give me a rundown. Like if someone wanted to come in and donate, what should they do? Absolutely. You don't need an appointment to donate whole blood. You can just come into the center, or if you're looking for a community blood drive, you can find that on our website or our app. We are having a World Sickle Cell Day blood drive to bring awareness to how important it is that we have donors come in, not only to donate blood to keep the blood supplies um, full and stable, but it's we're wanting to make sure people understand how important it is to have that blood available for sickle cell patients. One of the main reasons we're doing this event is to you know, just push that awareness that it's really important that we have more African-American donors come out um, because currently only about 1% of our donations come from the African-American population. Emily Austin is with the Mississippi Blood Services. Emily, thank you so much for your time. Absolutely. Thanks for, for being here. Health officials say for African-Americans living with sickle cell disease, the best chance for a match is to receive a transfusion from another African-American. LaShonda Davenport's 11-year-old son, DJ, has sickle cell. She tells MPB's Ashley Norwood she hopes to get a transfusion. He hopes to get a transfusion this week. Okay, with sickle cell, um, of course, the name sickle comes from the shape of the blood cells that people with sickle cell have and because they're not perfectly rounded they can't go through the vessels smoothly and provide oxygen throughout all organs so what happens sometimes is there can be a blockage and you can kind of describe it like if you was to sit on your leg for an extended amount of time that pain that you experience but maybe 10 times worse that what you know that what goes on. So what's expected this week? DJ gets blood transfusions every five weeks. His scheduled transfusion was for this Friday, but I was able to call the clinic today because I noticed that the pain wasn't going away, seeing if we could get it moved up. So he will have his transfusion on Wednesday. Normally, when it's time for a blood transfusion, DJ body you know, kind of like lets us know he will begin to have more pain than he usually have with the um, blood transfusions kind of like it replenishes his body with good blood it helps with the pain every five weeks we're depending on those blood transfusions we need them and with dj dj's hard to match he's been getting blood transfusions for a few years now so he's developed antibodies it takes a special person to match up with him. Um, it's a little bit more of a challenge in finding someone to match. That's why we need as many donors as we can to go out and donate blood. Has there ever been a time where you were unsure where his next blood donation would come from? A couple of years ago, we did go in for scheduled appointment and we were waiting and waiting and I finally asked what was the hold up. Hold up was there was no blood available. Usually any normal person could go in, get typed and matched that same day, receive blood that same day. For us now, we have to go two or three days in advance. Um, we'll go get typed and matched. We'll actually go tomorrow, and hopefully they'll have enough time to get that blood in. But during that specific time when there wasn't blood available, we had to wait. I did. I asked the doctor. Um, what if it was a situation that was critical and he needed blood? The doctor told me we would give him for, you know, what's available and hope for the best. And that's not an answer a parent wants to hear. Give what's available and hope for the best. No, we need people to donate blood so every child has a match, every person has a match. So it's, it's mainly in African Americans? You do have people of different nationalities that can get sickle cell, so it is not just an African-American disease, just the majority African-Americans.
Today is World Sickle Cell Awareness Day. Mississippi Blood Services and the Mississippi Sickle Cell Foundation will host a special blood drive in Flowood today. Mississippi Blood Services will also be in nine other locations across the state. For more information, visit msblood.com. Coming up, we'll hear about a new pilot project aiming to increase home ownership in the state's rural areas. That's after a conversation in StoryCorps. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Jeannie Mullen and Leslie Scott have seen a lot. The two friends are often together and say they're really more like family. So when Leslie was diagnosed with cancer, it's no surprise Jeannie was by her side every step of the way. They shared the story of their friendship during the StoryCorps mobile tour in Jackson. Talking about a new tradition Leslie says helped her get through chemotherapy. When I turned 50, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. And Jeannie, uh, you were um, a godsend. We had been friends at that time um, some 17 years, Mm -hmm. 17 years by then. But, um, you know, at times like that, uh, and you've had some in your life, but they've been the real test of friendship where you really know uh, what the, what it, what, what you mean to each other. And you were there all through that. You came to all my doctor's appointments because you knew I couldn't half think uh, (laughs) when I got that diagnosis. And, um, and you were there in the surgery and uh, you helped me get the right surgeon. And then we had quite the party to celebrate and um, everybody was there and it was just a joy. You know, of course, we agreed as we prepared for this uh, interview that we wanted to talk about our friendship and uh, not just one necessarily one particular part. But in thinking about our 25 plus years of friendship, Mm -hmm. well, 24 plus years of friendship, it has been such a joy to me. Sometimes I find myself lying in bed trying to think, okay, well, you know, what do I want to talk about? And I'll start giggling because I'll think of something <laughs> that you and I have done or been through or some silly story you've told me. And, um, <laughs> you know, we've been through many, many ups and downs. We've had marriages. We've had divorces. We've had deaths. We've had um, suicides. Yeah. We've had illness. We've You name it. And um, We've been through it all, haven't we? Yes. Let's talk about something Funny, happy, 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 happy yeah. that, that that happened during your illness. Okay, remember you were taking chemo. I I love this. Yeah. Okay, and we. Uh, I will admit, I will take credit for the fact that I orchestrated this. You did. Uh, you did. Um, so what, what was, you had every four weeks you oh, had chemo? I think so. Okay. And for the first three weeks, you felt like, you know Ugh. what, and didn't yeah. have taste for anything. But that last week before your next chemo, you felt good and things started tasting food. better and whatever. Yeah. Okay. So we scheduled at my home every four weeks a gourmet dinner around the dining room table. Mm -hmm. We all got dressed up fancy. We'd have cocktails and then we'd move to the and we had different friends but for the most part it was the same circle. Yeah. And they didn't they bring food sometimes? I can't remember. I remember. Yeah, I think. I, I think know we, Gary did. Yeah, yeah. Gary Gussick. Gussick. is married to my good friend, Leanne Mayo. Leanne Mayo, Mayo yeah. Okay, but anyway, so there was our, our group. I think it Lee was, was there. Th- Lee was there. Yeah, yeah. he was. And uh, then, you're uh, the person you were dating at the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, we would sit around and talk and 
we act like, like act like the nothing was wrong with the world, and then you'd go for chemo the next day or something. But, well, you know. it was good. You had brought. I'm trying to remember how you started it with me. I don't know if you. I think you told me about that, uh, those that, four weeks yeah. and how food went. We were trying to remember. Your brothers came, and I oh, would. Lord. And you called me and said, "Jeannie, you know, okay, I'm I'm hungry, and they're both here, but they're not helping me at all, and blah blah." blah. So I brought two you men. Over. Yeah, yeah. So so I think that that got me started thinking about how um you know we needed to work on your nutrition and we all and we all know how much i love food or me too and um and not being able to enjoy it was a real bummer yeah so So i think it kind of started that way. it did and and we did it every time like Um, bulb went off i think i had eight treatments and i bet we did it most every uh after you know three weeks after the one week before the next one and uh, i think it's something that if we have friends going forward that are in the same situation we should suggest because i think it was good for all of us oh it was good for our spirits as well as yeah. obviously my, yeah. my stomach yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> it was a fun group i remember leanne in the group uh had come once and sat with me uh during a chemo treatment mm-hmm. and she and i invo- had in the best conversation that she said to me later she had gone home and told gary he said how was that and she said we just had a blast. She said, who would have thought? <laughs> so we made, I made some good friends during that time, mm-hmm. and they were all a part of this, and you were the instigator of it. So that was a lot of fun. While we have just a few more seconds, yes. I want to thank you, number one, for wanting to do this with me because it's, it's been wonderful, but number two, for being my friend. Well, same here, Jeannie. Thank you, and uh, I'm real glad you wanted to do this. I do have no one else I'd want to sit here and You were the only person I thought of. Well, thank you, too. To hear more of our conversations from the StoryCorps mobile tour, go to mpbonline.org. The StoryCorps mobile tour visited Mississippi through a partnership with the Mississippi Humanities Council, the MPB Foundation, and Mississippi Public Broadcasting. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Karen Brown. A federal program is partnering with a job search company and several nonprofits to help more Mississippians become homeowners. Freddie Mac is the nation's federal home mortgage corporation. Together with organizations like Hope Credit Union and Next Job Employment Search Firm, they're targeting Mississippi in the new pilot project. Mike Dawson is vice president of affordable lending strategies and initiatives at Freddie Mac. He tells MPB's Desiree Frazier they hope to promote homeownership in underserved areas. Freddie Mac has partnered with Next Job, an organization that helps with reemployment programs uh, to help serve our, our today's borrowers and potential borrowers and homeowners in the Mississippi area. Freddie Mac, as you know, does not lend directly. We help our lender community provide programs and services to help existing and potential homeowners be successful in homeownership overall. Next job is just a, an, an extension of our ability to provide those services uh, to these borrowers. Why this initiative involving economically hard-hit areas? Sure. You know, one of the benefits of working at Freddie Mac is to, one, we provide national support to homeownership and helping those individuals be successful in homeownership. This initiative is is being driven by one of our regulatory requirements and supporting what's called duty to serve. And that's focused on three underserved markets across the country. Some of those markets are in the lower Mississippi Delta area, the middle Appalachia, areas within Texas and other uh, areas that are very challenged 
uh, from a housing standpoint and very challenged from providing uh, benefits and opportunities and support for home ownership. We're also focused on manufactured housing and focused on housing preservation. It's how we can support and help uh, challenges associated with rural housing, uh, renovation types of, of, of activity and renovating older homes. So all of those three areas, both in the um, area of housing preservation, rural markets and manufactured housing is, a, is pretty much a nationwide event but the events we're working on and the focus we have within the Mississippi area is just one of those components. And we're happy to be there. Companies and helping those individuals who have had challenges making their mortgage payments on an existing mortgage um, in, in working with the next job organization and helping, helping them with their, whether it be their job search or other employment activities. So we found it successful previously and we're looking to apply this as another uh, uh, capability tool, as it were, for the lending community and for the individuals. I'm wondering, with depressed wages, and you're talking about hard-hit areas where jobs may be more difficult to come by, and you have folks that may not be trained to the level that they would need to get a higher-paying job, how will that be addressed? Uh, certainly, it's, it's going to be a challenge um, associated with uh, many of these areas where there may not be job opportunities. Um, but what we look at in the form of uh, particularly working within the Mississippi area, we do have uh, um, on-the-ground experts uh, through our partnership with the Hope Credit Union there in Jackson, Mississippi, through what we call our borrower help center partner, the D&E Group in Macomb, Mississippi. We opened a what we call a, a borrower help center that helps from a housing counseling standpoint in Macomb, Mississippi back in 2017. It uh, provides a, a variety of different resources, not only for those who are existing homeowners, but those who want to become a homeowner to reach out to our team in Macomb, Mississippi, to allow them to, to talk with, the, with HUD certified housing counselors and help them through that process. The uh, next job services will also provide another level of resources here to help individuals through proprietary online job search training programs and uh, working with our partnership organizations in helping them identify and hopefully helping them um, achieve a successful employment or successful reemployment. So we're also being realistic here. You know, the nationwide unemployment rate is running a little bit below 4%. In some of these areas, uh, and in Mississippi and Middle Appalachia and other areas, it can be north of 6%. But we're looking to provide the tools and resources that we help again, that we can apply um, within our capabilities of giving any individual who is looking to become a a, um, a homeowner, in in partnership with the Hope Credit Union um, and and uh, the DNE Group in uh, in providing those resources and capable resources and to to allow the individual to make an assessment of their own situation and hopefully uh, provide them with the ability to um, either uh, find a new job or uh, help them in the form of housing counseling to, to allow them to be, become ready for home ownership. 
Mike Dawson, Vice President of Affordable Lending Strategies and Initiatives at Freddie Mac with our Desiree Frazier. Patrice Duncan is Chief Operating Officer of D&E Housing Counseling Agency. The Atlanta-based organization is also a Freddie Mac borrower help center and has an office in Macomb. Duncan tells MPB's Desiree Frazier they offer services to people of all ages. We can help folks who are in need of housing counseling services. More specifically, someone who may want to buy a home and they don't know what are my first steps, what do I do to learn about home ownership. We offer home education classes on Saturdays. We offer face-to-face, one-on-one counseling in the event that someone may have some credit challenges and need more time to rehabilitate. And we also say it very clearly, rehabilitate, because you don't repair your credit. You repair your car, you rehabilitate your credit to get them mortgage ready. In addition to that, if someone is losing their home to foreclosure and they are in need of counseling services, that's a service that's absolutely for free. We help individuals save their home from foreclosure by calling their mortgage servicer to find a viable option to work with them. Um, That's how we started working with Freddie Mac because there were so many folks in need of foreclosure and mortgage delinquency counseling we opened the Bar Help Center in rural Mississippi with Freddie Mac's duty to serve. Um, if someone is needing just information about how to manage their money better, so many people could be a homeowner already, or, you know, they just don't understand the mechanics of basic money management. So anything with housing services we offer, credit, financial capabilities, those are the services that we offer. And we truly, truly enjoy the work that we do, and we're a very, very mission-driven organization. Tell us, what is your role with this new announcement to help homeowners with jobs? The new announcement with Freddie Mac and Next Job is that we are the HUD-approved housing counseling agency. So if the current homeowner who may have lost their job, because Next Job will provide the workforce development piece, the job counseling and the job coaching, Freddie Mac offers the loan products that they have called Home Possible, and then D&E as a HUD-approved housing counseling agency and borrower help center will provide the housing counseling. And that means the services that are necessary to help that particular homeowner save their home from foreclosure or even they're looking to do for a first-time homebuyer, someone who is looking to buy a home, who has found a job or are looking for a job, but they also want to buy a home. We will provide those home education, and housing counseling services for the homeowner. What is the significance of this partnership in your mind? Oh, it is so powerful. It is absolutely so powerful. We help the Katrina individuals move back into home ownership or get prepared for home ownership because many of them had never gone through the process. A lot of it was air property. So I think now having this partnership, this collective partnership with Freddie Mac, with Next Job, with Hope Credit Union, with DNE, it really, really shows that collaboration is key and there is power in partnership. And so it helps those individuals who, as I stated before, are looking to buy a home or those individuals who currently own a home and are challenged with finding a job or they may have lost their job. Every aspect of that process will be covered through the housing counseling, through the job placement, of the job coaching and counseling, through the loan products. It's a powerful partnership. When you have a market where uh, it is rural, there are a lack of jobs, good-paying jobs, is it realistic to expect people to be able to afford a home? Yes, it is, because there are many programs that are available. 
for first-time homebuyers, and the definition of a first-time homebuyer is anyone who has not owned a home within the last three years. So there are down payment assistance programs and affordable mortgage products that don't require a large down payment. Or if there is a down payment, then they can receive the down payment assistance. It's like a gift. It's a it's a grant that they will receive to um, a first-time homebuyer to own, to own a home. So I think knowledge is power and understanding what resources and what programs and services are available to first-time homebuyers really, really will assist. And through this partnership, I think it's going to really pique the interest of a lot of folks who thought that homeownership was not an attainable goal. Well, Patrice Duncan with DNE, we really appreciate you taking the time to speak with us about what it is that you're doing. Thank you for the opportunity. Thanks for listening today. I'm Karen Brown. Join us again tomorrow morning at 830 for the next Mississippi edition only on MPB Think Radio. Support for MPB comes from the University of Mississippi School of Education, working to prepare the next generation of teachers, counselors, and educational leaders through online graduate degrees and hybrid doctoral programs. Details at education.olemiss.edu.